you remember a couple of days ago I told you about a farmer out in Oregon who was pinned underneath his tractor? Well, he had two daughters, and his two daughters, ages 16 and 14 at the time, they, they eventually came home, and they decided to take the dog for a walk. And as they were out on their walk, they saw the tractor. And eventually they saw underneath the tra tractor, they saw their dad. And so they called 911, but they knew there wasn't, they, uh, there wasn't any time to waste. They needed to try to get that tractor off their dad. These two scrawny high school teenagers, 16 years old and 14 years old. And so they, they each grabbed a side of the tractor and they lifted, ah, nothing. And then they lifted again, ah, nothing. And they lifted again, and they lifted seven times. So finally, they were able to lift this 3,000-pound tractor off their dad and save his life. How did that happen? Why was that able to happen? Sometimes there's no rational explanation. Sometimes it just does. Kind of like, is there any rational explanation for why God would choose to find maybe the greatest missionary that the world would ever see in a guy who was blind and hungry and thirsty and had made his living killing Christians? Because that wasn't easy either. In order for that to happen, in order for God to apply grace unto the life of that man, you know what else would need to happen? It means that God the Father would need to watch his own son suffer under a weight much heavier than the weight of a 3,000-pound tractor. He would need to suffer under the weight of all the world's sins. And he would need to watch him cry out from a cross, cry out for help knowing that no one, not his, no daughters, no friends, not 911, not even his father in heaven was going to come in and rescue him. It meant that he would have to watch his own son go through the agony of hell, the hell that we deserve, so that you and I could be set free from the unbearable weight of regret and guilt for all the times that we've sinned against him. And is there any better explanation for why that happened than simply to say that, well, that's who our God is. And that's how he feels about us. I don't know that there is. When Ananias looked at Saul, he saw a dead end. When God looked at the same person, God saw a new beginning. When Ananias looked at Saul, he saw, he saw a lost cause. God looked at the same person and he saw a chosen instrument. And what we see in all of this and how God views even the most messed up and broken people on the planet, we see grace. We see grace even in our weakness. And Saul saw that again and again and again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says it this way. He says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul goes on, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, his weaknesses were a good opportunity for him to see the strength of God's love for him. And this coming year, there's one thing I can guarantee about your life, and you won't even need to look hard for this. You're going to see your weaknesses. You will. So every day, make sure you set aside time to find strength in God's grace. Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Thanks so much for listening. 
Uh, if you enjoy this message and have friends that you think will enjoy it too, would you take just a moment and share it with them? Sharing not only helps this podcast gets discovered, it also helps tons of other people learn about the unconditional love and the general awesomeness of Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for sharing this message and have an amazing day.